A million handsome guys with longing in their eyes. That's a lot of guys. And a lot of eyes. That's two million eyeballs. That's right. We're a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about Chapter 92, Band of Brothers, written by Janine Silliness Schoenberg and directed by Robin Givens. Uh, For the second week in a row, I think that's the first time we've had a director for two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. They usually like to trade off, take a break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That and the way this episode begins, I think last week's episode, Return of the Pussycats, was filmed later and then inserted. That, it, yeah. It yeah. really feels that way, right? Yeah, like season-wise <laughs> and stuff, yeah. This this episode starts uh, with uh, Jughead's narration of how, you know, their old pal, Josie McCoy, came and went. Yeah, immediately. We're done with that. Move on. <laughs> leaving them all to their haunting... They're all haunted. They're, They're all, all haunted. haunted. They're all haunted by their lives. Um, and Archie is literally haunted by ghosts. Lots of them. Lots of lots of bloody ghosts watching him eat a cereal. An entire platoon, minus one, because Eric's still alive. Um, but Veronica's also haunted, but by flesh and blood. <laughs> and that's Chad. Chad. And Chad gives her a call on, on Teams. Skype. Or is it Skype? Is that the Skype noise? That's it's been the, so long since I used Skype. That is the Skype noise, but it, it's the UI of something that isn't anything. Like yeah. It, <laughs> it kind of looks like Discord, it kind of looks like Teams, but it sounds exactly like Skype. Yeah, so Chad calls her, I'm, I'm working on this something something, mm-hmm. and... and Basically him being all scummy and trying to get her to come, like, crawling back to him. In this new uh, opportunity where he's going to make loads of cash as a silent partner, he wants to uh, uh, bring her in on this, I guess, as a way to rebuild their their relationship. Yeah. Because, like, debt is tying them together. Debt and threats are binding them together. Yes. And he's like, but what if we actually made a lot of money instead? Then you might like me. And uh, she's like, nope, I am going to be good on all your debts within a month, and then I'm going to divorce your ass. <laughs> Fuck you, Chad. Shit. Meanwhile, over at the cult, mm-hmm. uh, Cheryl is, is talking to her, her congregation about how Brother Kevin and her are going to perform a medley from the iconic musical, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I fucking called it. From the trailer, from the uh, uh, this costume that Kevin is wearing for five seconds of this episode. <laughs> In the episode. trailer, it was like a half a second. I saw it, so I'm good. It's proportionally overrepresented in that case. <laughs> because they are immediately cut off by Penelope. Mm-hmm. And they don't get to sing their medley. No, she just cries out, stop. And they, they do. Well, when she says stop, did you notice that the fireplace, like whooshes up (laughs) it goes right behind her and uh so she steps forward and she's like i had a revelation jason himself commands it no more singing cheryl uh uh, reacts with some some momentary disbelief she she cocks her head (laughs) and so yeah penelope then explains as you know 
He was a young man of few words. <laughs> a man of few words. Because he doesn't fucking talk. He, you get it? You get it? He's never said an audible word in the history of the show. Uh, uh. What? What if Jason was just, like, mute? <laughs> we and never no, know. no one actually, like addresses that it, but like what if you'd have to take a very close watch in a lot of cheryl scenes to see if she ever mentions like jason telling her things or saying something in the past and even then he could have spoken through nonverbal means exactly yeah. she never she doesn't have to specify how mm -hmm. he told her just that he did what if he had a really bad voice <laughs> what if it was god awful my name's Jason. I'm captain of the football team. It's nice to meet you. And that's why he commands no more singing. My parents are super rich with with sugar money and also heroin. Meanwhile, uh, Jughead is going to AA, mm -hmm. which is good. And he, he's reporting that he is now seven days sober and everybody gives him a round of applause. And he's like, time for the apology tour. Next step. And that, that's what Jughead's going to be doing this week. Yep. So he goes to try to visit Betty, uh, gets Alice instead. He's like, oh, well, where is she? And Alice is just like, oh, well, she's working the lonely highway doing God knows what. And Alice is once again just a, a shattered, shattered woman in the yes. only scene where she speaks. Uh, <laughs> this is not an Alice-centric episode. No, no. no. Um, so she's obviously worried about Betty. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like... Okay, where where is the Alice from season one? Bring her back and make, like, lay down the law. Make her stop. All of that energy has gone into the demon children. The demon children. Who that are, are sucking, sucking her, her dry. Soul. They're sucking her fucking soul. I kind of wish that the demon children appeared more in, like, the background. And mm -hmm, they'd be mm -hmm. like, Grandma, <laughs> it's time to come play. <laughs> And not much else happens. Just you're like, what the fuck, children? Very The Shining, where they just appear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So meanwhile, Archie comes storming into his living room. And he slams down a, a newspaper or a military newsletter. That is called The Brave and True. Yeah, yeah. The Brave and True. And the headline is that their general, General Taylor, uh, is is retiring uh, with honors and a, and a salute and everybody's rolling out the red carpet to congratulate General Taylor on, on a, a lifelong career of, of meritorious service. And he's like, this is bullshit. This dude sucks. I heard he was up to some shady business. Well, and like Frank's like, wait, let's, let's rewind to remember how he was supposed to be getting investigated by that person who mm -hmm. you like put on his tail. Yes, the journalist. Do you, do you remember that? I story? remember that. I mentioned it on this show a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they. You know. Yeah. Frank is doing it for everyone else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and so what we find out is that the uh, Archie called the the writer and apparently the editor killed the story. Mm -hmm. And Archie's not letting this go. No. No. Private Jackson says, hey, Sarge, you should probably let this go and move on. Archie never lets things go. He never moves on. It's kind of a problem. It's kind of a problem. It's one of the things about Archie. It's kind of why he's, you know, seeing a therapist. Well, does he have a new one? We haven't addressed if he got a new one. He he either has a new therapist or a new dark circle. Flip a coin. Dark circle. He never lets anything go. So Jughead uh, continues his apology tour by going to visit Waldo. Yes. 
He's like, Jughead, you missed weeks of work and you didn't arrange for a sub. And I'm like, did anyone else? Like, Betty's been gone. She's fucking out of here. Kevin is, like, off being on the magical mystery tour. Like... (laughs) Do you know that you have no teachers in this entire school right now? We have to assume that their football season is two games at most. What happened to that spunky young uh, football player? Yeah, yeah. What? Or any of the students. Or any of them. Where are they? Were, um, were they sacrificed to COVID filming restrictions? Because we see a lot of Chad on Skype for, I think, that reason. Yeah, probably. Jughead apologizes. Weatherby's like, yeah, I know you're trying to get your life together, but I'm not desperate enough for you to be a teacher right now. So we'll we'll talk later. You're on administrative leave. Is this paid administrative leave? Waldo, beggars can't be choosers. What <laughs> teachers do you have right now? <laughs> Even Kevin, who is teaching every subject, <laughs> is now musical director for a fringe splinter ministry. Yeah. That doesn't even know its own dogma. Uh, Veronica gets a call um, Mm -hmm. that the SEC wants to come to review her books. The SEC won't let her be, so let me see. Uh, They're very worried. Yes. Because apparently their books are very illegal. (laughs) So yeah, Posh and Pearl Investment Firm uh, was shown basically just overselling bad investments. Mm -hmm. Which is not illegal. It's, it's immoral, but it is not a crime. There's no reason their books should be a problem just because they have aggressive sales tactics. Seems like they're not telling us something. Yeah. Overhyping penny stocks. Yeah, it's, it's not good, but it's not something your balance sheet will reveal. <laughs> uh, so she's all like, oh, damn it. Chad must have tipped them off. And so they make this whole plan about how they need to get an influx of cash. Mm -hmm. And they're going to do that by hitting up Hiram. Because, you know, remember how all those prisoners thought that he had a whole bunch of palladium? So if we find out where that palladium is, we uh, could, could you know, sell it. Yes. And Reggie's like, oh, I know where it is. Or I have an idea of who would know. Yeah. Hermosa. And, uh... Our one Reggie scene this episode... It's so fucking good. It's the best part of the episode. Mm -hmm. So, um, Veronica's like, oh, I'll call her. He's like, no, no, I'll call her. Let me. Uh, we... We we had a a thing. Had a thing. What kind of thing? You know what kind. You know what kind. Yeah. And then he calls her and he's like, hey, baby. What's up? Hello, talk. I miss you you so much. As Veronica's like puking behind the counter. Yes. Yes. And I love it so much. I love Reggie. I love him. It's a, it's a really good Reggie moment that he delivers so, so well. But like, also just the, the idea that, like, a lot can happen in seven years. Seven years has so much time to fill. Let's take advantage of that. I mean, he was working from Hiram and Amrose is around. Like, right? hey, hey, hey. Exactly. I love it. And I love when they give him a chance to have these moments where he just acts like these ass moments so good just him turning it on for her hey baby yeah Mm. Mm, you sound good (laughs) 
Mm, yeah, you in your bathroom? Mm, I'm going to pretend you are, baby. Mm, you sound good. <laughs> I like to think that all happened like five feet from Veronica. <laughs> He's like twirling his finger in the phone cord. Uh, yes, on his cell phone. On his cell phone, yes. Well, you know, he has to charge it. The conversation goes so long. He runs out of battery. He's getting his like 2% warning. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, Cheryl, Cheryl and Kevin are having a little chat about how... About the power struggle in the ministry. You know, Kevin just lays it out there to her that she needs to upstage her mother. Yes, that's the way you do it. He's coming at this with showmanship logic. Yes. And his suggestion is that, well, if you perform three miracles, you're a saint. So, like, hmm? And she... You also have to be dead and Catholic. Like, that's not... (laughs) Well, Cheryl informs us that she has always dreamed of being canonized. If you'd like to learn more about what sainthood means exactly (laughs) and the history of it and even a bit of the the contemporary process for canonization, there's a great podcast called History Honeys. Mm -hmm. Well, Kevin explains to her that, you know, when he was younger, he was obsessed with David Copperfield, who I'd like to share that I actually saw. Yeah perform yeah. in Chicago. First time I ever came here. As as I recall, your story of going to the show is there's a lot of like 30, 40, 50 year old women who are all about David Copperfield. Oh, so I went I went with a Girl Scout trip. Mm-hmm. Okay. And our, our main adult on yes. that trip was out of her seat shouting, absolutely amazed and like in love with David Copperfield, but very like no, he didn't! Oh my god! How do you do that? Now imagine nine-year-old Kevin Keller being exactly the same. Uh-huh. Um, so so Kevin is going to channel his obsession with David Copperfield, and uh, he, he has apparently some tricks up his sleeves to, mm-hmm. to make this whole sainthood thing work. His sequined sleeves. Frank is all like, hey, Archie... You got a lot of demons. We should talk. You want to talk about it? They're they're having their family soldier to soldier, man to man talk in, in like the back patio. And I do love the transition because we get like an extreme close up on, on Archie's eyes and, and just like a a strip of his face, and then it crossfades into in the war with the, the mud and the blood. Uh, it, it's good. It's a good uh, uh, transition into the into the past. Uh, and so Archie tells her, or tells, tells him about some of the shit that happened, which is all connected to General Taylor. Mm-hmm. That, you know, his platoon was ordered into fire to, to deliver medical supplies. Yes. Their, their stated mission was humanitarian aid in the midst of this war zone. However, General Taylor's like, actually, you're a hit squad. Your job is to assassinate this warlord, uh, uh go and... Do, do an assault and, and, and take him out. Also, you're going to have all of the material support of a humanitarian uh, uh, aid mission. Whoopsie. You know, they got, they got caught in everything, you know, all the fire. And so Archie um, tried to make it to higher ground to get a message out that they needed support and backup. And when he came back, everyone was dead. Except Bingo, who later died, and Eric. Yeah. Who, who was... did not die. As far as we know, he could technically be a ghost. <laughs> He's a ghost that everyone is seeing, though. 
Very fancy ghosts. Very fancy. One of them fancy ghosts. Um, and so, so yeah, everyone is really upset at General Taylor for sending an unsupported squad on this suicide mission. No one really cares about violating the Geneva Convention. No. You're not supposed to do this sort of mission under that sort of auspice. That's incredibly illegal. Archie did a war crime. Yeah. He didn't want to. Like, he, he it was not his idea, but Archie did a war crime. Yeah. Archie's like, Taylor can't walk. He needs to be held accountable. Mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. is a war worth fighting. The war of getting him held responsible yes, yeah. for the deaths. Not the actual Not war. the lies. Not the crime. No. But, but the deaths. The deaths. The, the, the moral weight of it. Not, not the war crime part of the war. No. But, no one cares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie comes back from his, uh, uh, encounter, his encounter, <laughs> fills Veronica in and, uh, filled leads, her sister in, I tell you what, leads her to, uh, the place where the palladium is hiding, which is absurd. It is absurd. <laughs> so it's in Hiram Lodge's Sodale model. Yep. Of the development. Mm-hmm. And all the Palladium pieces are hidden under the little model houses. It's very like, let me lift this up. Yeah, Here's yeah. a piece of Palladium. He's got a little train set Christmas village. Yeah. Or or like the, the attic model village from, from Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Palladium's hidden under every building. These buildings that are not secured to the ground. Like, okay, I, I understand the metaphor, right? Sodale is his gold mine. Uh, this development is his fortune. So you, you put them together. But but what? No, like, lasers? No no motion sensor? No. 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 <laughs> I, Hiram didn't even change his security codes into the room after he <laughs> fired Reggie. <laughs> Reggie was able to just get in. And, like, Hermosa's apparently totally down with this because Reggie's like, we just need to give her a cut after we sell it. And, like, it's fine. Well, yeah, because Dad's clearly not the man he used to be. Like, she's got to get paid somewhere, and it's not going to be from him. Veronica's plan is to take all the palladium, to Mm -hmm. smelt it down Mm -hmm. into Spanish doubloons. Famously not made of palladium. Not a thing. <laughs> and she decides to bring Cheryl into this because she needs to have a cover story for the origin of the Palladium. And Cheryl tells Veronica that she is happy to let her name drop her family to screw over her father. Yeah. Anytime. There's... Anytime to screw over Hiram. Mm-hmm. Fuck Hiram. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, Cheryl's on board, but she can't stick around very long because she has a miracle to perform. Veronica declines to ask. She she knows this is none of her business. She's not going to like any possible answer. No. Okay. <laughs> Please take care of Kevin. I don't really like that he's involved, but like he needs a hobby. Oh. I guess he can't be a dad right now. What the fuck? We're not going to address this at all in that entire episode. Another reason that I think... Uh, uh, they uh, popped. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no addressing the fact that there was a baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this was produ- produced earlier when, when uh, Vanessa Morgan was still on maternity leave. Yeah. Yeah. Sam mm-hmm. calls Jughead. My favorite, Mr. Sam. Uh, and he lets him know that the publisher is demanding the book or he is going to be blackballed. Sam, 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 calm down, buddy. You know the process. Two chapters in one night... Rest of the book six years later. That's how it works. <laughs> and he's like, I, I have pages. It's, I got it. It's fine. I got pages. Um, and so he 
doesn't, like, get to get in those. Instead, he continues on his apology tour. Well, it's sort of a twofer, because... It's kind the, of. It's kind of, yeah. We're, the, we're gonna get there. That is the next scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, because the next stop on the tour is to Tabitha, and he's like, hey... I need to apologize for, for uh, how I've been, you know, letting you down as employee, but also that weird shit I pulled with handcuffing myself and making you babysit me. That's not what a good friend well, does. And the thing is, before he even starts, she apologizes first for leaving him when things got weird. It's <laughs> like, I, I should have left you there handcuffed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while you were tripping. That's probably not a nice thing to do, and it didn't turn out very well. So as they mutually apologize, here comes the twofer. He's like, I vaguely remember writing something. You got them the pages for me? <laughs> where, 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 where are they at? What's up? Uh, and that's when she fills him in that, you know, Betty gave it to Jessica. Quote, it seemed like the right thing at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave out the part where they were also like tripping balls, like whatever. Uh, and so she, she tries to talk to him though, like, hey, like, your sobriety is really important, so like, maybe you shouldn't try to track down Jessica, and maybe you shouldn't write either. This doesn't seem like a good hobby for you. Yeah, yeah. And he makes the point that, hey, if I don't write, I'm not a writer anymore. It's kind of important. It's like, really important though. If I ever was. (laughs) Yeah, he's a bit of a sad sack about it though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, meanwhile, over at the cult... I wish my pastor wore thigh-high leather boots. They, I, that's my note. Amazing, <laughs> amazing thigh-high boots. Oh my god, these boots are definitely iconic. They're amazing. <laughs> Cheryl and Kevin's outfits in this whole episode are just mwah. Oh, they're so good. These boots are basically pants. They're so high. They're, they're crotchless pants, these boots. Um, so instead of her homily today, she she's going to perform a miracle. Mm-hmm. And she says, to quote her, as Jesus once turned water into wine. His first recorded miracle, in the canonical Gospels at least. Jason has granted me the ability to turn water into maple syrup, a.k.a. the nectar of the gods. It is very David Copperfield. Like, oh, yeah. it is literally stage magic oh, yeah. in, in their presentation. Like, Kevin is Kevin. hitting it like the world's most extreme Price is Right model. He's living his he best fucking life right goes now. Goes down on his knees and is, like, voguing to frame the chalice. Yes, as they're like, this one into this and then this glass here and now pour it into the vase. Fucking maple syrup. Mm-hmm, I love it. Mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. Didn't I say, like, weeks ago, like, what is she going to do, fucking turn water into syrup or something? We're very good at our jobs I here. feel like I said this. It happened. As soon as all this cult shit happened, I was like, mm, mm-hmm. it's going to be like a Jason miracle. And so Penelope's there, and she's just not having oh, any of this, she's watching human. it, drinking her head. Mm-hmm, While mm-hmm. she's wearing, like, choir garb? Yes, it looks <laughs> so like someone shit. took. It looks like somebody took the runner from an altar. Yeah, and then turned that into a, a, a like, moo. Yeah, in, into like the accent pieces for a very frumpy dress. Yeah. So Archie decides to go see Taylor to give him one last chance to step down. You know, man to man, soldier to soldier. Do do the right thing and retire quietly because you know what happened. You know you don't deserve uh, uh, all, all the the pomp and foo-for-all that, that you're lined up for. And, you know, Taylor's like, 
fuck no. You're not even a real soldier. <laughs> he he undresses Archie in, in this monologue. And uh, he is in, like, tight focus, hard close-up, filling half the frame. When we cut away to Archie, Archie does not speak. He's just in a mid-shot in this shape, in this shapeless sweatshirt, you know, contrasting to uh, the general's sharp-cut suit uh, uniform, you might call it. Uh, <laughs> it is, yeah, you're correct. But there, there's a clear, like, balance of power in the framing that then transitions as the scene goes because... Archie listens to the whole thing. Yes. But he doesn't just take it. He then steps forward. He leans in and uh, delivers, you know, what he's going to do while the the uh, general leans back. And by the end of the scene, Archie is taking up much more of the frame. Yeah. They never share a frame in this entire scene. They're yeah. completely split. One shot, one shot. Yeah. Uh, and so Archie uh, threatens him that if he doesn't step down, he's going to demand a military tribunal. And Taylor's like, well, I'm going to tell them you went fucking rogue. So, like, whatever. <laughs> My word against yours. There's no paper trail, buddy. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And so it's a big showdown of, like, who's going to outgur each other? Who's going to outgur each other? That's how I, I usually... That's how the military usually does things. And it's why Archie is so powerful. He outgurred a bear. Grrr! Uh, Archie comes home, fills mm -hmm. Jackson in. He's like, we need to take him down. And Jackson's like, you know, this isn't just about you. Yeah. This is going to open up a lot of things for a lot of families. Jackson's really not into this whole we talk. Yeah. And so Archie's like, okay, fine. And like, I won't go after him if I don't have the whole support of the families mm -hmm, left over mm -hmm. of our platoon members. Now, are okay. we talking like a majority or like, you, does it have to be unanimous? Because yeah, that's, that's very different. That, that's kind of what I was wondering as his little listening tour goes on about that. Because Archie, you know, does go to like his next family person or like goes to the family of the first person. And that lady's very not happy with it. Mm -mm, She's like, you mm -mm. were supposed to bring my my little boy back home safely. And you didn't. You basically killed him. So like Archie, this isn't looking great if you were going for maybe his opinion changes. Maybe he was planning for like, you know, everyone on board. And then after that, when he was like, okay. 60%. I need 60% of the people. <laughs> Jughead is in the sex hole. Yes. Because inspiration has struck. Not his, though. He uh, he has a flashback to remembering that crazy girl who was like, I want to have sex with you, but then actually really just read my novel. And if you don't, I'm going to tell those guys out there that you're here so they can beat the fuck out of you. Remember that? That was fun. Yeah. And so he remembers that, you know... He has her, her manuscript mm -hmm. and pulls it out along with a bottle of booze that yes. happened to be there. The two things he packed when he went to Riverdale. Uh, Veronica and Reggie have successfully you know, melted down the palladium into uh, those Spanish doubloons. And they are having an auction. Yeah, yeah. All the richest, most tasteless people in Riverdale... And uh, sur the surrounding area, I guess, are, are in Veronica's uh, jewelry store. For an auction. Slash investment house. Including Hiram. <laughs> Including Hiram. Yeah, he just sort of wanders in while uh, uh, we start at, what, 100,000? 
Something like that. The first bid is 150000 to the man in the fedora. Yes. Uh, yes. And it goes up and up and up. And uh, Hiram is also lifting his paddle and never being acknowledged by Veronica. <laughs> and uh, when it when it gets to the end, there's you know this one guy bids uh, three hundred thousand, and Hiram keeps like doing it and doing it and doing it, and he's she's just, waving like, his going paddle once? like a third grader who really knows the answer and wants you to call on him. Going twice, sold, sold, because there's no more bidders. And uh, Hiram's very upset, and he, like, storms up to her and, like, what? It's almost like you you wanted to sell it for less than to sell it to me. And she's like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly what the fuck I wanted to do. <laughs> and she's like, next time don't crash my auction. Who in the world would want this? Because the point of a Spanish doubloon is its his- historicity. And they aren't being sold as authentic Spanish doubloons, no. thank God. They're being sold as, you know, palladium, palladium ingots, this this precious metal pressed to a, in the appearance of Spanish yes. doubloons. Who would want that? Who would want that? That's a dumb thing to have, like, okay. mounted on your wall. Here, here's what I just don't understand, is the whole reason behind it was they're like, well, we gotta, like, change its appearance so that way he doesn't know it's his. Okay. But like And I can understand not wanting to just sell a nugget. There's no aesthetic like value in a nugget, but there's not a lot in a Spanish doubloon recast either. Well, that's the thing. The whole point is that people want it for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's palladium. They're gonna melt it down into something else. So I'm kinda just like, why didn't you just like break them in half or something and just or, be like, Oh, these are different palladiums Or melt them into just plain old ingots? Or that. Or just make jewelry. Make something that looks good. I'm going with what doesn't cost you money to do something to it. Mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. little hammer. Spike it in half. Oh, look. It can't be your palladium, daddy. These are much smaller. <laughs> He's an idiot. It would work. We all know daddy has the biggest palladium in town. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I have better taste than, than these guys. Because when I look at the, the, the people that show up, I think, yeah, you probably would just put a shadow box of doubloon replicas up on your wall. You, I bet you buy Glamourge eggs every year, don't oh, you? Yeah. Don't you? These are all the people who buy Glamourge eggs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, Archie goes to another family, and this guy is all on board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 50-50 right now. Don't have that 60% majority. Everybody that says yes to him says, I believe you. I, I trust you to make the decision. They're, they're, they're not really in it. They're just like, whatever you think is best. Well, that's the thing. So he visits three people. The first one says, fuck no. Mm-hmm. I hate you. You killed my son. The second one's like, yeah, because I know my son trusted you. The third one is like, I'm too busy caring for a baby for this. Whatever you think, Archie, it's fine. So, so yeah, we, we get a red light, green light, and yellow. Uh, every opinion, I guess, broadly speaking, is is included. He takes the, the non-committal as a yes. There's your two-thirds. Oh, I guess. Kevin, in the most sparkly blazer. The shiniest suit I've nice. seen in my life. Um, does a very theatrical presentation of, um, getting, you know, the cult to, to watch as Cheryl manifests their collective pain. In, uh... The holy wounds of Jesus. No, no, no. The holy wounds of Jason. Jason Christ. 
Which is very strange because this is, of course, stigmata of the wounds in the hands that, that Christ received being nailed to the cross. However, Jason Blossom's holy wound is a gunshot to the forehead. So maybe she should have been she, bleeding from there. She should have been bleeding from her skull forward and back. This faith's stigmata ooh, would be ooh. an actual hole that you can stick like a rod through. What they should have done was that. And then <laughs> yes, they should have killed Cheryl. <laughs> no, she should have been bleeding from there, all right? And then she should have had water pouring from her mouth. Yes. Because she was supposed to have, you know, drowned. Yes, yes. But, like, as we know, she didn't, or he didn't, and then other stuff happened. But that would have been pretty fun, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, pretty good. But, but in the end, this is just another thing that makes me wish I knew what this cult really was, what they really believed. I want more of Penelope's influence because she's, whatever she's doing, she seems to be a true believer. While uh, Cheryl is just in it for a lot of people to, to stand up and clap for her and put money in, in, the, in the plate, I guess. And she's not even really talking about donations. She just wants people to clap for Cheryl. I think a lot more of this is just to spite her mother. Okay, okay. Yeah. but It's mommy-daughter issues. What I'm really curious about regarding this, though, is what are the people in the pews getting out of it? What are they there for? Entertainment! If you didn't know, the theater shut down in Riverdale, <laughs> along That's with clear. the movie theater. That's clear. And the high school is missing a drama teacher. So the fall musical will not be happening. The, they gotta go where they gotta go. So the only thing that you're getting here that you aren't getting from the, the United Methodist Church down the road is you're just watching this, this bizarre fight play out week after week between the, this mother and daughter. Hey, maybe <laughs> their cult is like, was it the Satan, Satanic Temple? The Satanic Temple? Yeah. And how, like, you know, the, their whole thing is, like, they support abortion. And, like, all the people right now are like, oh, if you become a member, like, it's my religious right. And with the Texas, maybe it's something like that, you know, that, that's going on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because of something. I don't know. Just, just to note, I always confuse the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan. A lot of people do. I understand that they are very different groups that have very different outlooks and impacts on the world. Uh, if you are one of the people that can keep them straight, congratulations, and I apologize if I'm talk if we're talking about the wrong one. Do you want to like Google it? I don't know. No. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they just think they'll have protection from Hiram Lodge. They could say so. I I want. They don't talk I because they follow. Jason's teachings I of not speaking, ever. <laughs> he was, he was well, a man of few words, and so are they. But again, Penelope doesn't. I want to hear, when this started, I was so interested in, like, what would a splinter faith look like to this town that is torn apart in so many ways for so many years? It's just That's nothing fun to do. Nothing. They're not doing anything with it, and I'm really disappointed. Well, I mean, there's nothing fun to do in the town. That's why everyone's there. What else are they going to do with their lives? Teach at the high school? <laughs> this should be a reflection of the collective trauma. This should be a window into all the nameless people who live in town that are not characters. Uh, uh, you, you should be able to see them through what they are able to be fleeced by, you know? But that's not what's happening. What's happening is another way for Cheryl to, to just claim the spotlight and just be off in her own little Cheryl world, which is fun on its own, but it could be so much more. 
Um, so, so afterwards, Kevin, you know, goes to Cheryl, um, about, you know, how it's time to decide what the next miracle is. And he has like a whole list of, you know, his favorites. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. and Cheryl does say something basically about how like she's, she's tired. Quote, who knew spreading light and love could be this exhausting. And And that is good shit. That's the good Cheryl shit. And Kevin says, it's the Broadway grind. Um, you know, he has all these ideas for other miracles they could do, but she's like, mm, you know, remember when I got my revenge on Mr. Honey? And he's like, oh, bees are not, not my thing. I'm highly allergic. If you will recall, it was a gigantic beehive just like on his desk, making the office unusable due to bees. Yes. Yeah. Gerald's like, no, 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 Kevin. I'm like, I got this one. Nana Rose was an avid beekeeper. She taught me all her apiary secrets. Which is enough for Kevin. He's like, okay, that's fine. Okay, bye-bye. 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 You don't need my David Copperfield magic. Uh, I can't afford an EpiPen. I'm, I'm going to sit this one out. Uh. Weatherby doesn't give us health insurance. <laughs> I mean, technically, as their benefactor, Cheryl doesn't give them health insurance. So Chad calls yes. Veronica and he's like, hey, do you, do you want to get in my chopper cab business? I got this business called Chopper Cab. Yeah, this is the opportunity he was talking about earlier. It's about to to hit its IPO, and they're about to rake in all the cash, and it's Uber for helicopters. For rich people. Veronica speaks about it so derisively. Like, who would ever think that that's a service people could want? Like, you, you! 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 Your whole family. Have yourself, in this season, taken helicopter flights from uh, Manhattan to Marsh's Vineyard. You are the market. Yeah. Uh, and so he he invites her to uh, his party with his investors. And, you know, she agrees to go. And Reggie's like, what the fuck? And she's like, no, no. I've been playing defense. It's time to play offense. Because now that they have a, an ingot-based influx of cash... So that uh, uh, the SEC won't see anything amiss. She she has the freedom to go and, and land a few shots on her own. To take the fight to Chad. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Jughead in the sex hole mm-hmm. has downed about half a bottle of whiskey. There goes your eight days of sobriety, bud. Seven. I think this has taken some time. Uh, well, he did just finish reading the draft of the novel. And he's like, damn, it's good. Every Fuck. every hot young artist needs to have a plagiarism scandal. It's the rules. So he calls Sam and he's like, "Hey, I finished my novel. Yeah, the whole thing. It what's it about? It's about a writer at NYU who has a uh, lot of sex and goes to parties and shit. It's great. You're gonna yeah, love it. Yeah, sex and parties. He's like, "Great, that sounds awesome. Oh my god." <laughs> Um, so Jughead rips the cover off of it. I love Sam so much. I love Sam Pansky so much. Willie's, you know, writing his new cover for it. Uh, Betty texts him back and they they agree to meet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, He he asks her to come to the sex hole for old time's sakes. We get a, I love this wordless Betty scene of her just like slumped in front of the mirror in her bedroom and she wipes her makeup off with her hand so there's just streaks uh, off to the left and it communicates a lot and yes. I mean she doesn't even talk to Jughead they, they just they text. text Yeah, I wasn't too hot on Robin Givens' direction last week primarily because I think the musical numbers were mishandled they were very disorienting and they didn't 
They just didn't vibe right. This episode, much better. This episode is much, much better by not having that categorical issue. Yeah. You get to notice the parts where her her work does work a lot better. And the really cool, like, camera angles and choices. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Not nearly as flashy or showy as Madchen Amic two weeks ago. That was extreme. But, like, good stuff is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Archie, Jackson, and Frank are together, uh, and Jackson is is still like really not supporting, you know this whole this whole thing Archie's on, and he mm-hmm. finally comes clean about why, and that like, hey Archie, you weren't the only grunt that Taylor approached. Yeah, yeah. So Archie, as sergeant, was informed like, okay, yeah, you you think you're just like shipping medicine and, and band aids? No, here's the real shit. You're a hit squad. Uh, He also gave the same speech to Jackson because Jackson was their ace sniper who was going to take the point. And General Taylor made sure that the number one priority was killing this dude. Uh, And he's like, I have so many regrets. I should have uh, prioritized, you know, the squad and their survival. Because what happened is when Archie went to try to, like, get a call out for help, Jackson left. To yeah. go try to take the shot. And when he came back as well, everyone was fucking dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he has been thinking ever since that uh, the loss of his leg is like the penance, is the punishment for this betrayal of his his brothers. Archie's like, but we, we gotta do this. Gotta take him down. I'll leave you out of it. Mm-hmm. Just leave you out of it. And mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm. Archie, does that mess with your like 60% at all? <laughs> We gotta check the spreadsheets, Arch. We gotta come on now. Uh, so, so meanwhile, uh, Kevin and Cheryl are going to perform their third miracle. Kevin is there. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's hyping it up. He's doing the presentation. It is time. Behold, for the taming of the bees. He mentions Cheryl's alabaster skin for the second miracle in a row. He's real into her skin, and it's pure whiteness. And, and so there's there's like a fish tank with honeycomb and bees, and, and Cheryl is like putting her hands into it and not being stung. And he says, her purity keeps her safe. When I think Cheryl Blossom, I think purity. Uh, but Penelope is not having this. She stands up and, and decries them as, as heathens and charlatans poisoning uh, uh, the word and the congregation for their own selfish ends. Which, yes, fair, accurate, true. She and Kevin go back and forth a few times mm-hmm. before Cheryl... Uh, or Ke- Kevin's Kevin, point. Yes. Kevin's point that he makes yes. is incredible because yes. he's like, "Okay, folks, uh, uh, here's your choice. You can either believe Cheryl, who shared the holy womb with the blessed Jason, or this uh, uh, philandering uh, uh, criminal." Which, I mean, for one, a lot of these people, or at least the core of your uh, congregation, would be escaped criminals. That's where this church started. And two, it's her holy womb. <laughs> Penelope does not uh, uh, make this point. She does not acknowledge this, perhaps because her her thought is to reject this framing entirely rather than accept it and try to one-up within it. Which, you know, hey, good debate, Strat. But in any case, she doesn't get to do much because it's Cheryl's turn to take the spotlight. Yes. And she turns to her mother and says, Be gone from my temple or I will smite thee. <laughs> As she is holding the honeycomb and the bees. And, and she's she says, squeezing. For I am Cheryl Blossom, queen of the bees. 
the way her voice quivers on the word queen. Queen of the bees. Tells me that, like, this was ten takes. This was all night, this one shot. And, like, they did it, man. They, they went for it. Queen of the fucking bees. Queen of the bees. I, I also love the way she sort of jiggles the yeah. honeycombs. Oh, <laughs> I have so much tension. Ah. <laughs> it's good. I like it. It's funny. So yeah, Penelope walks off. She she knows she's been defeated by the, the, the power of Razzle Dazzle. But yeah, now there's nothing left for this congregation without this tension, without this fight. What is there? You just... I'm tired of hearing uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. I've, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going he's home. He's Sondheim. He didn't do a lot of religious work. There's, there's options out there. There's, you know, yeah. things to pull from. My homily today is about how uh, the Blessed Jason entered the world of the hat. World of the hat? Sunday in the Park with George. Oh, eh. I love you. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> I'm not mad, just disappointed. <laughs> it's okay, I'm disappointed in you too, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Archie comes down the stairs in his, his military uniform, and it's very prom-like. He looks sharp, though. I mean, the way, the way it cinches and the shoulders, it he looks ta- damn good. It's tailored very well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Frank's like, you look good, boy. In his own way, but I don't remember how he says it. But Archie's like, I feel like I'm going to a firing squad. And I'm like, you kind of are. I'm sure they're qualified. I don't know. That might be legally allowed, especially in this version. It totally is. In this version, death by firing squad is still totally a thing. So Jackson comes out. He's like, don't worry. I'll be right up there with you. Because he walks out and he is also in his uniform looking not so tailored. There is a clear contrast. Yes. And he's like, I couldn't desert you again, Sarge. I'm going to testify. Aww. And he walks forward with his limp, reminding you. Because, like, we don't see Eric walk a lot. We don't see a lot of these characters walk a lot. It is television after Yeah, all. they stand around. But Unless like, doing the walkie-talkie. But when he comes from the back of, of the, the hallway out into the light, like, that that's a dude with a prosthetic leg, all right. You, yeah. You are reminded. Uh, so Veronica shows up at... Chad's party as yeah. he's talking to the boys, and uh, she has arrived with five good time girls. Hey, brah, I came with booth babes and drugs. Let's have a divorce party. Fuck you. Bottles of champagne and a briefcase of jingle jangle. Whole briefcase brimming with the stuff. Fuck yeah. And this party is held in her dad's office, <laughs> where he keeps his unsecured palladium nuggets. <laughs> Does he have a cleaning service? Like, why are they... Just glue the houses down. Something. Anything. Little strands of, of tiny thread that you can inspect to see if someone has lifted the house. Like, like... Well, here's in, my thing. In James Bond novels, he would put a little talcum powder on the, ba- the, the handles of his hotel room drawers so that if anybody opened the drawer, he would see... It's been several days, and Hiram Lodge hasn't, like, checked his little houses to make sure it's still there. The only way that this episode works with a unified timeline is if the Blossom Ministry meets at least twice a day. Yeah. They're, they're going to have a great time with the drugs. Uh, over at the sex hole, mm-hmm. um, Betty has met Jughead, yes. and uh, they they are 
drinking, which, you know, probably isn't a great thing for a lot of things. He says in this conversation, I'm an alcoholic. And they just keep drinking. They just keep going. I don't and know what you're supposed to do, but I'm pretty sure that ain't it. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to say, thank you for telling me. Let me take this glass out of your hand now, because I don't think we should be drinking this right now. What you don't do is talk about your own addiction to serial killers and how you abandon him to join the TBK task force. I don't think that's part of it. Yeah. That's so, not best practices. So, so this whole conversation... Jughead, you know, lets her know, like, you know, I wanted to apologize. I wanted to apologize for that voicemail, which I don't really remember everything I said, but I remember it was fucking awful. And she's like, well, why now after half a decade? Half a decade? Half a decade? Half a de- How long was he in the sinkhole then? That's, that's the thing. I'm like, wait. He was the Rat King. The voicemail yes. was supposed to happen well, he was walking down the alley and, fe- and then he fell into the sewer after. Minutes. Minutes after. And he was down there for like a day. Allegedly. Then like was in the hospital. Then uh, maybe a month later, he the, the time skip ends and he's back in, you know, week to week. Riverdale is happening. Yeah. So I don't understand this timeline. I feel like someone has some explaining to do to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe a nice little board. Some string. I feel like we need a murder board again, except about time. What if there is a time dilation effect inside a sinkhole? What if a sinkhole is also a black hole? And much like the the classic OVA gunbuster, by being so close to such a powerful gravitational well, time has moved differently for Jughead. He perceived locally a day or two, but in the outside world, it was five years. Hmm. Well, and now I'm thinking, though, about, like... This has to be, like, the, not the only thing that, like, the timeline's messed up on. This hurts my brain. Well, now I'm just thinking of Gunbuster, which helps my brain. My brain hurts. But I don't fucking understand. So, yeah. So, then Betty gives us her whole, I'm an addict, too. I'm probably worse off, because mine's about serial killers. And, um, what she says... <laughs> I will say that serial killers are deadlier than alcohol. Like, on the whole, probably... <laughs> What she says is like how, you know, she tried being normal at Yale and it felt empty. And then, you know, she she realized, and she says this very sadly, that I am more comfortable studying serial killers than socializing with normal people. And I'm like, yeah, me fucking too. <laughs> Most of the world. You have to remember <laughs> that Betty hasn't met a normal person until she went to Yale. It was a brand new experience for her. Do you realize how popular true crime podcasts and shit are? Her second cousin is Cheryl Blossom. Her her college roommate is the first normal person she ever had a conversation with. I would rather read about serial killers than go hang out with my friends. Who I like. But like, Betty, this isn't unique. This is a very normal way of dealing with society. (laughs) Give me some ice cream, a nice blanket, my dog, and descriptions of how people were brutally murdered. Like, it's great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's probably not healthy for all of us, but it's very common. (laughs) Yeah, so she she was offered to be on the task force for TBK. That's why she, like, wasn't there for Jughead. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. that just makes them drink more. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Then they're interrupted by Jughead getting a call from Sam, who's like, oh my god, your book, it's fucking amazing. We're gonna publish it. He loves all the sex in the parties. Can't get enough. 
And that's when Jughead's like, I, I can't do this. I didn't write it. It was a grad student. It wasn't me. Sam Pansky goes through such severe mood swings. You're crushing his soul. You're going to give the man a heart attack, Jug. He can't, he can't help it. And very, like, you can tell it's, like, heartbreaking for Sam. He's like, well, I have to drop you as a client. And, like, I hope you get your shit together, kid. Yeah, now that they don't have a professional relationship, all that's left is suddenly a friendship of sorts that we didn't see in really any of their previous interactions. No. Which is why, if you want to, to be a fully realized person in, in the world, we have to relate it to each other outside an economic system. Capitalism is destroying friendships. That's why we turn to serial killers. Because they destroy friendships in a much more visible way. It's a lot more relatable. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be friends if they're dead. This is true. Um, so Jughead's like, hey, I'll send you her info. She's going to be pumped. You want to write, you know, publish it. And when he turns around, Betty's just fucking gone. Like, yep. what a great friend. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She really can't deal with socializing. Gotta go read about a serial killer. <laughs> somebody said one nice thing to somebody else. I, ooh, uh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh. Meanwhile, Chad and Veronica are chatting. Chad thinks everything's good. Veronica's on his side. But then one of his dudes rushes over and says, My boysenberry is blowing up. Apparently, a report just came out in the Wall Beat Journal that uh, the, the silent partner funding this helicopter chauffeur app is a notorious helicopter crashing man, <laughs> which is bad for business. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So Veronica leaked uh, the story about how, you know, Chad crashed their helicopter. Mm -hmm. And now wants to sell helicopter rides. And everyone's like, fuck no. Everyone's favorite part of Gathering of the Juggalos, now available to you on your phone. And she's like, so here, here's the thing, Chad. You know, you stole money to finance your copter cab. But, you know, the problem is you can't land anything. Including helicopters. Get it? <laughs> Get it? She doesn't say that, but like you're supposed to think it. And then Hiram comes up and he, he's all smug and you're like, well, I didn't really lose money because I didn't really invest that much. And she's like, well, daddy, maybe you should check your Sodale model because I think you lost more than you think. And all these, these good time girls dressed as like hot pink uh, uh, flight attendants yeah. that came with all the drugs, they're all looking real smug too, as if they have any idea what's happened. Did, did Veronica brief them on the ride? <laughs> Okay, you won't quite get it. Let me tell you everything that's happened up to this point. All right, so my husband tried to kill me. Uh, so meanwhile, um, Tabitha and Jughead are working at Pops. Mm -hmm. And, and she, she's worried about him because she mentioned free food and he didn't salivate mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or answer her because he was busy busting a table. Um, and so they have a little chat and he talks about how he's worried about Betty and she's like, well, I'm worried about you. You smell like alcohol. Tabitha gets it. Yeah, see? And he's like, well, I'm worried about me. He's like, no, no, I'm worried about you. <laughs> Are you going to keep going to meetings? Are you going to still try to be sober? Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. I don't think you should worry about Betty or right because none of this is helping you. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I'll worry about Betty for you. Betty's a big girl. You have two other jobs. It's going to be okay. Uh, so meanwhile, Hiram finally goes to check out his Sodale model, and he finds that they left behind model palladium chunks. 
Maybe some chalk that's been painted silver? Some plaster of Paris or something that, whatever it is, he crumbles it to dust in his hands. Uh, which is something you cannot do with real palladium. I checked. Hiram, don't you play with your palladium? Like a little, like, otter playing with its favorite pocket rock? I'm just thinking about him, like, juggling it. Like a little otter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, if he could juggle, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Let's get five nuggets going. Yeah. At the nugget store. <laughs> nugget store. <laughs> so our goddaughter <laughs> doesn't know that McDonald's is called McDonald's. No. It is the nugget store. And there's also the pizza store, mm-hmm. which is Little Caesars. Uh, and there's the piggy store, which is a breakfast place that has a pig as their mascot. And I love it. My favorite thing is that she'll tell us about the nugget store as if, you know, we haven't heard of it. And, and that if you go there, they'll give you a toy and you don't even have to ask. They just give it to you. Said in the tone of, like, imparting, like, down low insider information, like some real pro tips. Like, yeah. hey, you know, you didn't hear this from me, but let me let me give you the down low on, on the nugget store. They'll, they'll give you a toy. I love this kid so much. <laughs> remembered i was working i was working this thing an event recently with work and we had a whole bunch of kids there and this one child who was like six kept she kept talking in like a normal voice and like very bubbly and then suddenly she'd go to like a did you know <laughs> like this whisper but it was a really weird pitch and so it sounded like we were the devil <laughs> <laughs> and it was things like we read a book at school that said it was okay to be different. <laughs> she took that lesson to heart. <laughs> and then would go back to like, and I really like doing art and painting. Did you know? <laughs> so, Did you know that the Nugget Store gave you toys? <laughs> we were like, you know, we're outside. You don't have to whisper. Okay. I was like, is she possessed? What is happening to this child? So back back in Riverdale, yeah, uh, the the palladium has been snatched from Hiram. He's destroyed its its uh, imitation. Uh, Veronica killed the soul of her grandfather, I think, but she doesn't know that yet. <laughs> Um, Archie gets a call that it, w- it was the JAG officer yeah. calling with the verdict. Real JAG officer, if you know what I mean. They just call you with the verdict? Like, wouldn't he this, be there? Because, like, he's plot, the one that, like... This fucking plot should have been two episodes, because as it is... Okay, what if we did A Few Good Men, but none of the parts you remember? What if it's just... <laughs> A little bit of the legwork, none of the actual tribunal, not none of the, the tension or drama. Also, this crazy trial, this crazy-ass trial about war crimes. Yeah. Apparently took, like, four hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it took long enough that Archie didn't want to be there to wait for the end. He, he had things to do. He's, he's got a class to prepare for, so he took the train home. Like, what? And then waited for a phone call. That's how it's resolved. A phone call? Archie says all that, and Jackson's like, hurry up, Sarge, before I hurl. I can't take the stress. So in the end, uh, Jackson is absolved uh, uh, of all responsibility. He, he, was following, he was following orders coming from, you know, his, his uh, distant superior. He's still in good standing. Yay, a round of applause for Private Jackson. Uh, meanwhile, General Taylor was found to be, you know, in violation of whatever sort of, like, morality statute... So he was 
discharged, but not like anything else. Yeah. Not like held to war crimes, just like, well, that was dishonorable. He lost his big party and uh, his- Probably his retirement fund. His name goes down in a different list in, uh, uh, in the books tomorrow. That's about it. Yay! You know how many problems have been caused in the world over uh, uh, the United States uh, lying about what is and isn't aid, what is and isn't medical supplies and medical care for people in uh, uh, in regions and lands destroyed by U.S. imperialism? A lot. A lot. A lot. COVID is worse because of one specific thing in particular, a fake immunization plan that was just used to blood test people to try to find bin Laden's closest relatives. Yep. It's a fucking insane plan that uh, has killed people 10 years later. Yeah. Uh, so over at the Cooper... The Cooper... The oh. Co- over at the Cooper household, um, Betty is, is getting ready to go out to walk the Lonely Highway, mm-hmm. wearing one of Polly's jackets. Like, I yeah. remember Polly wearing that jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's about to head out, but then she sees Alice asleep on the sofa, so she stops she to talk her in. Where are your niece and nephew, Betty? Um, and as she's going out the door, Tabitha's there, and she's like, Jughead told me what you're doing. This is dangerous. I know you're got, not going to listen, so, so I'm coming I'm with you. I'm coming too. Let me get changed into my hitchhiker clothes. Yeah. Tabitha, no. Tabitha, why? Tab- Tabitha, why? No, no. Why, Tabitha? <sighs> Tabitha. Tabitha. So, meanwhile, Frank's like, you boys did it. You should be proud. As they're in the white worm. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. they, like, toast to all the boys in their platoon. And we pan I- over to all of them sitting in the booth. No longer bloody. Now in civilian clothes. Yeah, the ghosts... Have healed. The reminders of the past have healed. Uh, You get. uh. They're still gonna stalk Archie, um, but they look nicer. But now they're in business casual. This this scene was weird to me because, like, when Archie is delivering his toast, when when he's you know giving his his last lines, he's just like looking off to the side awkwardly. (laughs) He's he's not looking at Frank or Eric, and like. Are there cue cards up there? <laughs> you couldn't fix the eyeline on the cue cards, but then when they show the reverse shot and he's looking at the ghost like, oh, okay. But like oh, Frank okay. and Jackson are sitting there like, what the what? fuck? <laughs> Maybe we gotta take him to get some glasses. <laughs> Let's not let him drive home tonight. I'm not sure his eyesight's doing okay. As we're wrapping up all of the plots, it is uh, Cheryl and Kevin's turn. And Kevin's like... Wow, nice trick. What what was the trick on that one? Did, did you, like, give yourself some sort of coating or, or... Ointment all over your body or something? And Cheryl replies with the most insane line, I didn't have ointment on any part of my body. He's like, what are, what are you saying? <laughs> She's like, something inside me has shifted. Something is not the same. No, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> this is, she should have broken to song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, some something inside me has sif- shifted something powerful. Dear, is there ointment on any part of your body? I can say that there's no ointment on any part of my body. No, I don't have any ointment on. <laughs> no one says ointment. No one. Cheryl goes on to say how she feels more connected than she has in years. And she's not saying she's the first ever living saint. But what if I am? What if I, Cheryl Marjorie Blossom, am the holiest of holies? 
what if? Like, I what? If anything, I think this should have happened earlier because like Cheryl with a god complex? Hell yes, I'm super down for that. Way more than Cheryl wanting people to like her more. Like, we've had years and years of that. But Cheryl, who actually believes herself to be some sort of holy figure, that's cool. <laughs> Move that up. She really is queen of the bees, oh my god. So, he, so uh, meanwhile, uh, Jughead goes back to AA, and he's like, yep, I used to be seven days solar, sober. Back to one, hoping to make it to eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can do it. Just listen to Tabitha. Listen to Tabitha. She got you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so he he continues a voiceover of talking about how he has a group of friends out there and that he's worried about as we see Betty and Tabitha walking down the lonely highway trying to get picked up by a truck. Looking like they're hitchhiking to a White Snake reunion concert. And he's like, I just got this really bad feeling about what happens next. And bum, I'm like, bum, bum. yeah, it's Riverdale. Nothing good. Nothing good's going to happen. Nothing good. Nothing good. So, darling, what do you think about Chapter 92, Band of Brothers? It's a weird episode. This episode, I don't think I like it very much. I like a lot of stuff in it, but There's a l- it, ev- yeah. every part of it is just squandered opportunity. Like, I talked a lot about how I feel about the, the Blossom Ministry. I don't want to relitigate that, but that is a big part of what I mean when I say yeah. This episode's full of squandered opportunity. Well, and everything with this, like, trial. Like, that could have been a multi-episode thing. Or if you're going to put it into one episode, put the the turning point in. Like, have Archie face down against, you know, general... Against the general in front of people where it matters, not just in the office. Yeah. Where is that? I need that. And They couldn't put that many people in a room due to COVID. Honestly, maybe. For sure. Maybe. And I get that, but, like... A phone call, though? A phone call. A phone call. Like, it would have, you know what would have been better is Archie back at home and, like, Uncle Frank comes because he's like, I know you guys couldn't stick around and it was just, like, too much. So yeah. I'm here to deliver what happened. Let me tell you. Or, or them even, like, waiting outside, like, the courthouse or whatever it is and Frank coming out and telling them would have been fine. Or you have, if, if you can't have the tribunal, have Eric talk to the general. Have Eric have his moment of living right. up to this thing that's been a huge pro- like guilt problem for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, like, have him have that closure, finally, like, saying it and doing... If you're going to keep the cast low, if you're, if you're going to just... If you're going to keep the scope smaller, then have the stakes bigger. Like, I, I like Private Jackson walking down the hallway... But there's a way to do even more. There's a, there's a way to go even beyond that. That they they just didn't take it. They could have, but they just didn't. Yeah, I feel like the the best parts of this episode and mm-hmm. with being like cohesive mm-hmm. was allowing Jughead to have these moments to get to a point where he can move on. Jughead's and tour is good. Jughead's tour his, is good. His story can go someplace now. And the Veronica plot, I honestly that's really like. That's what my other yeah. part was going to say. Is the Veronica part was actually very good. The Palladium thing's like fucking weird. Why is it about to bloom? <laughs> but the whole process and like the energy and the like, okay, now I'm going to fuck with my dad and I'm fucking with Chad and now my dad again. Like, it's all great. That's great. Mm-hmm. And like Reggie's amazing. On the page, it really undercuts Hiram as a serious threat. But uh, Mark Consuelos puts in the work 
to really lift that back out. Like, yeah. his security uh, uh, plans, his, his uh, hide-and-seek uh, strategy, indefensible. But the, the way that he, with his personal charisma, sells uh, Hiram Lodge in every other aspect of this episode really does a lot to, to just shunt that off to the side. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> it felt off. Yes. Never quite got what I wanted. Even, like, the, you know, for that whole, like, Queen of the Bees thing and how excited I was with the trailer, it just didn't live up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that was still some kind of fun stuff, and, like, Kevin was acting the shit out of it. Yeah. But, like, like it just didn't hit on the same level that I was expecting. I, I, I like, was too excited about it. <laughs> The the way they present their miracles is very it's so over the top, it's like children playing. Mm-hmm. It's it's so presentational. It's 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 how you play to the rafters, it's how you play to like the fourth balcony, but in this space that shouldn't have that mood. You know, it yeah. should be something intimate and solemn. It is a a religious service. After all, and one inside a person's home. Mm-hmm. I mean, a palatial home, obviously, but still. Uh, uh, and like, is that out of placeness the point? Is is that part of what's getting under Penelope's skin? I don't know. The the episode doesn't really go there and make a point of that. Yeah. When it could, it really it could. could. It could. And it would have helped. Yeah. But let's not dwell on the past. The very, very recent past. Yeah. Let's look to the future. The future. Darling, do you have any predictions? I do. Uh, Cheryl just unlocked her twin power. Her twin power. So you know how, like, the Cooper twins float? They do. Cheryl just unlocked that power. (laughs) Like, where that comes from. When she's all like, I feel this thing inside me. I feel different. Yeah. She finally, like, channeled it and unlocked it. And my other uh, thought with this is she's she's going to to realize this and she is going to steal the twins, which I think I've predicted that she would steal yes. them at some point anyways. That either but she like, or Penelope would. Yeah, for I the think church. she is going to steal them for the church. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of one of the uh, uh, predictions that I prepared earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, you you want to take a look at that, Derek? Would you like me to read it? <laughs> or do you want to go, tell Go for it. The twins teach Aunt Cheryl how to use her occult powers, and the season finale implies Aunt Betty has them too. Oh, that's good. I like yeah, that extra Aunt Betty. Right? Part. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So does that mean she has a twin? Ooh. S- secret, secret Betty twin? I just thought, like, ooh. as a blossom, as part blossom, oh. she just has these. No, I like, I like that it's connected to twins, and I think she realizes she has them, and then that questions of, oh my gosh, there's a twin out there, and her twin is the trash bag killer. She has had two secret brothers already. She can have a third. Or her twin is the tra- the uh, trucker killer. Mm, mm. Uh-huh. She's a member of this family that goes hunting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I predict that Betty will get taken by the remaining trucker killers. Oh, yeah. And Tabitha has her, like, final trial by fire to become true core cast by rescuing Betty Solo. Yeah. She, she gets an action scene. I want Tabitha to kick some ass. Yeah. Yeah. Kick all of the asses. Yeah. What if Tabitha starts, like, suddenly taking, like, karate or something? Mm-hmm. Or, like, boxing at the El Royale? And they're like, why do you have this sudden intro? Oh, it's for fitness. I want to be fit. 
she becomes the same sort of like nighttime vigilante that Archie was for an episode and a half. Yes, I think. except she does it like well, yeah, and good. She has like a whole persona and and everything. Yeah. Uh, Jessica is going to give Jughead an ultimatum, his manuscript or his sobriety, in a scene straight from the D.A.R.E. program. Yeah. You'll get your pages back if you do drugs with me. Yeah, and so then he has to decide between, am I a writer or am I just an addict? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would like, and this is more like than a prediction, I want Hermosa to come back to town and... Reggie and her to have a whole whole scene mm-hmm. of them like all over each other, just like cooing and and uh, uh, stroking each other's chests. Yes, running fingers down buttons. And be like, oh, you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of vibe. Yeah, like they're at the White Worm and she's like sitting in his lap. And yes. Like, oh no, Snushums. Yes. yes! <laughs> and she has to call him Snushums. Yeah, absolutely. And like. I'm just imagining, like, Fangs and Archie there just like, what the fuck? (laughs) So let's talk about what we know is coming. Okay. Next week, chapter 93 is called Dance of Death. Now, this is named for perhaps a a play from 1900 or 1910, or one of the several films made, you know, of that play, or maybe the Iron Maiden album. Or that. There's a lot of options here. There's a, there's a lot of things called Dance of Death. You you might, uh, uh, it is also the English translation of, of the classic phrase, Dance Macabre. So, yeah. Yeah. So who knows? In the trailer. The mine collapses. And I'm pretty sure Hiram set off a bomb to do it. It seems that way. He's looking at a ticking clock and uh, uh, dialogue uh, implies that he is to blame. Veronica's gonna kill him if Archie dies. If he, If Archie dies, you die. Um, Cheryl is outside the mine praying. Yes, as uh, miners are missing, uh, according to a news report over the radio. There's Mothman and Nana knows them. Yeah, Nana... I know him! Nana seems real happy to talk about the Mothman. The Mothman we see seems more like a guy in a suit than the Mothman we've previously seen. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean, like, obviously the Mothman's gonna be a guy in a suit, like... In production terms, well, but like... So he, so here's something I think that's interesting with it is like, the Mothman we see has very glow ready eyes, right? Yes. Um, very glowy red eyes. There we go. Glow ready eyes. Yeah. They remind me a lot of the mask that the Rat King had. Yes, his glowy goggles. Yeah. The goggles of the Rat King. Yeah. So I just pointed that out. Um, Jughead, Betty, and Tabitha have a little team up. Yeah. We know these things. I'm excited for Nana Blossom. <laughs> of course, of course. And her best friend, Mothman. Mothman! I know him! I know him! I know him! We also know a little further into the future. Well, we think. We think so. We think. It's like probable. Chapter 94, following immediately after, uh, uh, is titled Next to Normal, which was announced some time ago. But now reports are, are saying that it's not only named after the uh, Pulitzer winning uh, uh, hit musical of... of not too long ago. It's fa- fairly recent. Uh, it is actually a musical episode, you know, that that is using the songs of Next to Normal. Uh, so Next to Normal came out in 2008 to massive critical acclaim. It is a, a sort of conceptual rock musical about a family uh, uh, torn apart by mental illness. 
the, the biggest example of that is the mother who uh, is under the delusion that her, her deceased son is still alive. Uh, he died in childhood, and she sees him as the teenager he would be had he not died. Yes. But everybody has their own problems, a lot of them stemming from the, the stress of living in a home such as this. It follows her, her uh, various therapies, including uh, medications, electroshock. Uh, things get dark and bad for these people. Yes. And so everyone believes... That that is what is going to be happening. Have they actually confirmed it with their normal type of, like, musical announcements of, like, the show poster and whatnot? Mm -hmm. No. Not through official channels. And I think part of that is because the specific uh, report uh, uh, is that it is not going to be a show the characters put on. Yeah. But it is a, a mental break that uh, uh, Alice Cooper is having as her own family is torn apart. She is now seeing the world through the music of Next to Normal. Which would make sense. Which, <laughs> as much as anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I, aside from, like, that blurb and blurbs like that, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. know nothing about Next to Normal. I've, I've not heard it. I could not recognize a song from it. I like a lot of the music. It is. It was a hit among teenage theater people. Absolutely, and they are very protective of it. There's a. Well, when, I was 20 by then, so I guess I missed it. When <laughs> when this news came out, there were oh boy, oh boy, people didn't like the idea of this show doing that show, daring they, to touch it. They don't like that. Ever. They no. have never like that. No. Every time they've done it, there's But this been is that. a serious show about serious things, and they want to smooch the ghost boy so bad. Don't smooch the ghost boy. <laughs> there better be ghost Jason in this. Like, like, oh my god. If there's a ghost boy, I want some ghost Jason. Like the, Or confirmation that Betty has a ghost twin. As a rock musical, like... On the one hand, a lot of the songs are very demanding, demanding in ways that the cast isn't always up to depending on, you know, how much lead time, how much in recording studio time they have to work. Yeah. We have seen that. Yes. But on the other hand, it is a style that more of them seem more comfortable in. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's yeah. a coin flip, yeah. honestly, and as much as... I still hate the episode that, that used Hedwig music. Just the music on its own, if you just listen to the songs they released afterward, it's actually, very it's actually quite good. It's actually pretty good. I, I sometimes pull those out to listen to. They're not my preferred Hedwig, but every once in a while, I'm like, but you know, I want to hear them sing those. They acquit themselves a lot better when it's just the album version. Oh, yeah. And it's not chopped up and rearranged to fit the scenes that do not fit the song. And oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Never mind everything that happened to Kevin or failed to happen to Kevin, which is <gasps> obviously the biggest failure of that episode. The show. Of, of per the show. perhaps the entire 92 <laughs> chapters to date. When are you going to address that he has a baby? Maybe next week. I feel like they're going to address Joaquin's death before they address that he has a baby. <laughs> That's some confirmed stuff from next week and some likely stuff from a fortnight away. 
Uh, and I think that's all we have to talk about. I think so. So, if you enjoyed listening to us... And who wouldn't? We're delightful. You should leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can also tell a friend. And who wouldn't? They're delightful. Unless you're like Betty and you don't like social situations, then just go listen to our other podcast that I talk a lot about murders. Mm-hmm. So, like... If you want to hear okay. about people doing murders, Dogs Must Die is also here for you. Yeah. They're a special kind of murders. Yep. <laughs> but but it's out there, baby. We got ya. We got ya. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on social media on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. I just watched the second episode of part four, Diamond is Unbreakable, and there's some fucked up murders in that one. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie, you know what was coming. I'm queen of the bees! Sunday in the Park with George. Oh. Eh. What? <laughs> Don't give me that look. What is that fucking look? It won a Pulitzer. Uh, so? That's, like, good for it, but it doesn't mean I have to, like, be a fan. Bernadette Peters. Yeah, I like her. Randy Patinkin. I like him, too. Finishing the Hat is maybe one of the best narrative songs in, like delivering a character through music and like oh my it's beautiful it's amazing i love you don't be mad at me i'm not mad just disappointed (laughs) it's okay i'm disappointed in you too it's fine (laughs) 